our scripture reading is taken from Malachi chapter 3, from verse 10 to 12. Shall we hear the word of God? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour for you a blessing, such blessing that there will be no room to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. This morning, we'll be hearing the word of God from a minister who is no stranger to us. He's actually the uh, pastor in charge of the youth chapel at Adabraka, and he is also in charge of Christian education. We've heard him a number of times. And I know that God has prepared him specially for us this morning, and our lives will not be the same. Clap your hands and celebrate the Lord even this morning for his mercies. Hallelujah. May his goodness continue to follow us and even overtake us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you turn to someone and say, welcome to church, welcome to church, welcome to church, welcome to church, welcome to church. The Lord will touch you today. The Lord will touch you today. Hallelujah. It's good to be in church. Amen. Amen. Just want to thank God for this opportunity uh, to share the word of the Lord with, with you and with all of us. And uh, also want you to help me to say a very big thank you to our senior pastor. Can you clap your hands and let's celebrate yeah, for the opportunity that to... Use your pulpit. Uh, God bless you. And of course, I call her Mama J. Esquire. Mama J. Esquire. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, Reverend Dr. Botte, uh, you are duly acknowledged and thank you for all your mentorship. And uh, my brothers, uh, Kisley, Pfizer, and uh, Cecil, and everyone, I said, I salute you. And of course, uh, my wife is here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they call her money and car. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, thank you for your support. And all my seniors in the house, I just want to say God bless you. And all of you, uh, God bless you for coming today. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand for the opportunity uh, he's given to us to hear his word. Shall we pray together? So, Father, this morning we have come to hear you. Not a pastor, but to hear you. So, Father... May you speak through us. And Lord, as we share your word, we ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, you take control. We have points, and we ask that your power will back them. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you grant us grace, that we can be humble to receive whatever you have for us today. And we pray, Father, as the word comes, grace will also abound, that we will be willing to put them into practice. May you speak through us, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. So we uh, continue our series. We've been looking at unshakable faith. Uh, it's as if we know some of the things that are going to happen this year. And the Lord laid it upon our, the heart of our senior pastor to 
lead us to choose a team like this. And so, way from January, December, January, we've been prepared for the fact that you will walk to the gas filling station and you will not meet gas. We've been so prepared that along the way, the inflation rate will be what it is, that fuel prices will be going up. We've been so prepared that uh, your salary will still stay the same and prices will go up. So way from January, God has gone ahead of us and has come back to where we are and, has, I mean, more or less like prophesy, giving us some insight as to how the year going to be like. And as we search on, we're facing the reality. Hallelujah. But no matter what the situation may be, we say what? We'll have what? An unshakable faith. Hallelujah. Yeah, let the salary be the same. We'll still have what? An unshakable faith. And we are not living according to our salary anyway, because it is by grace. Because the average salary could not sustain anybody. So sometimes you take the salary at the beginning of the month and it's finished by the first week. But some way, somehow, the providence of God, the grace of God, the sufficiency of God locates us daily. And he provides for us daily. Hallelujah. So yes, we will not shake. And so probably you may have forgotten what we started with in January. And so we, this quarter we are saying that yeah, it's getting tough, but have what? An enduring faith. Hallelujah. An enduring faith. Can you tell somebody, have an enduring faith? Have an enduring faith. Hallelujah. No matter the situation, search on. Be resolute. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on Christ. Amen. And that's what we've been looking at uh, the whole of this quarter. And uh, we trust that God he, himself will grant us grace and mercy to work with him. But it's a fact that uh, when you look around, you, you realize that the spiritual disciplines that we believers are supposed to follow and practice, the day you have accepted Jesus Christ and you've decided to follow him, work with him, there are spiritual disciplines that we are supposed to follow. And those spiritual disciplines are like radio frequencies, waves in the atmosphere that when you tune in, you can connect. So, Radio frequency of prayer, a spiritual discipline, is there, like 99.7. Until you tune into 99.7, you cannot get what joy is giving to the, the public. Is that right? So, of, of giving is city frequency. So, until you tune in, you cannot get. But what, as long as you connect and you are able to get a frequency, whatever they are churning out, whatever they are giving out, you will be able to receive it. Is that right? And so therefore, if I tune in to prayer, I'll get the results. If I tune in to Bible studies, I'll get the results. If I tune in to uh, giving, I'll get the result. If I tune in to tithing, I'll do what? I'll get the result. So as long as you connect, as long as you tune in, definitely you will connect. And so we just want to remind ourselves today that there is a frequency called Titan. Hallelujah. It's a frequency called what? Titan. And as long as you connect to that frequency called Titan, the blessing that Titan brings, you will surely receive it. We know we are in times when people don't want to hear 
tight. And tight has been contested and bastardized and all kinds of things have been said about tight. But as a believer, seeking to please Christ, seeking to be like him, one of our cardinal spiritual disciplines that you're supposed to practice as a, a disciple in good standing is to pay your tithes. Hallelujah. And tithing is just to consecrate and dedicate to the Lord a tenth of all the incomes he has entrusted into our hands. What is it that we have that he has not given unto us? A tenth, just a tenth of all the Lord has entrusted into your hands. And so we said that the tithe comes like an expression of gratitude to God for his providence. So you come to that point and say that I am, my tithe is a form of a worship unto you. And I am giving because I have acknowledged that if you had not given to me, I wouldn't have gotten what I have. It is you in the first place who gave me the job, who opens the door, who gave me that salary, who gave me that promotion. And so when you give your tithe, you are just coming to that point of acknowledging that whatever you have and you will ever have is by the grace of God and is God who has given. Hallelujah. It is to acknowledge that God is the owner of everything we have and own in life. So when you don't pay your tithe, the reverse is also true. That you are thinking like the rich fool, that all these things that I have, I have acquired it by my strength, by my power, by my intellect. Hallelujah. But we also know that it is God that gives the ability to do all things. Hallelujah. So, when you go to Leviticus chapter 27, from verse 30, it says, A tithe, you must give a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man redeems any of his tithes, he must add fifth of the value to it. You must pay interest if you borrow the tithe. Hallelujah. The, the entire tithe of the head and flock, every tense animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. He must not pick, he must not pick out the good from the bad or make any substitution. If he does make a substitution, both the animal and his substitute become holy and cannot be redeemed. Hallelujah. Okay, so of course, in the past, they will give their animals, they will give their produce from their farm and all kinds of things. But in our dispensation, we give money. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you give money, you look at all the incomes and the things God has entrusted into your hands to do what? And you give a tenth of it unto the Lord. And so when you look at the titan in the Old Testament, it is for three purposes. Three purposes. The first one, to meet the material needs of the Levites, the priests, and all the people who work in the temple. The second one is for the maintenance of the temple. And the third one is for taking care of those who are poor and needy. But I, I know we, we, so when you look at this beautiful building and mighty edifice, uh, it, 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 your tithe is also part. So it's not like when we bring tithe, it's only the pastors who consume the tithe. But, I mean, that's the thinking around that when you pay tithe, you are, you are giving tithe to the pastor to consume. Yes, of course, because they were not part of the allocation, uh, they, 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 we have been admonished, or they have been admonished, that you need to take care of them. So bring a tent into the storehouse, then they will also be taken care of. However, in addition to the, the needs of the priest, the things that we take care of also in the temple are also catered for. And the needy among us 
they are also taken care of. Hallelujah. And so, when you give tithe, you are seeking to establish these things. So it's not only that when you bring your tithe, the pastor uh, consumes So when you are angry with the pastor, you, you will not bring your tithe. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we, we use it for other things like this, and we use it also to take care of what? Needy people. Uh, but we know, like I said, it's been so contested. And people fight it. They argue about it. I have my friends and believers, I mean, Calvarians, who argue about tithing and all that with me. They come to tell me reasons why probably they feel it's not okay to pay tithe. Believers, some have been believers for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And suddenly they've realized that tithe is a bad thing to do. But when it comes to old school alumni dues, they don't have a problem. They'll go and pay. Family dues, they don't have a problem. They'll go and pay. The glyco, they don't have a problem. Tier 1, tier 2, tier 3, they don't have a problem. They'll pay. Okay, when we go to funeral, everything that they ask them to do, they are ready to do it. The investment is on standing order. They will pay. There's nothing wrong with it. But the moment they mention tithes, it's like the heaven is, <laughs> everything is coming to a standstill. And they argue on several lines. And the first argument, a popular one, is that tithes is an Old Testament thing. And in the New Testament, Jesus did not explicitly ask us to pay tithe. And so why should we do something that is in the Old Testament. And so, as long as in the New Testament, Jesus did not say we should pay tithe, we must not pay tithe. But it is also true that without the Old Testament, there will not be a New Testament. And the Old Testament is a foreshadow of what is to happen in the New Testament. And it is also true that when Jesus came, yes, he fulfilled all the risks that were supposed to be happening in the New Testament. So, I, I will struggle... To say So we can make a case that uh, whatever it is that happened in the New Testament has its beginning in the Old Testament. Is that right? So it will be out of place to say that because we don't explicitly see tithing in the New Testament, we should not pay tithe. I think what should be acceptable is of the fact that if, if we want to argue on that line, then it means that tithe should become the baseline, the starting point of everything. So it becomes the baseline. It becomes where we should start from. So you should not argue that we should not pay it at all. But the argument should be how much I should pay or how much I should add in addition to the 10%. That, that is how it should be. So you can't make a case that it should not be done at all because the Old Testament is the foreshadow or the baseline for the New Testament. And so therefore, the precept and the principle and the things thereof that we follow are also like the baseline including tithe. So rather be thinking about how much, we understand that, yes, all scripture may not be written to us, but it is also true that all scripture is written for us. So therefore, the principles that do apply in the Old Testament that we think they are not to us, and so must not be obeyed, they apply to us, and so therefore must be obeyed. And so therefore, all the giving principles that has been stipulated in the New Testament for us, Guides us, and tight is one of them. Hallelujah. So when you go to the, the, the Matthew chapter 23, and the verse number 23, this is what the word of the Lord says. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected 
the more important matters of the law, justice, which are justice, mercy, and faithfulness, you should have predicted, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You should have done what? He said, okay, you are busy tightening on your pepper. You are busy tightening on your produce. All kinds of things. You are busy doing it. You will know it's okay. And you, and, and you take time to be a, a workup. It's a very good thing to do. But practice justice, practice mercy. But as you practice justice, as you practice mercy, as you do all the things you do, don't forget the former. Is that not an endorsement of the fact that the payment of tithe must still continues? So why are you saying that Jesus did not say? Did Jesus endorse the payment of tithe? Yes. He said the former must also. So he said what? Practice. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former, which is the tithe. So that argument that is in an Old Testament thing and must not be paid is so flawed. It must not be followed. And believers, Calvarians, should not toe on that line. You should be ambassadors of Christ, telling others what God is expecting them to do in the church. Ambassador of Christ, building the church to his glory. After all, it's just a privilege to be part of what God is doing in the church. It's a privilege to pay tithe. It's a privilege for God to ask you to bring your offering into the storehouse to be used for something. Because the Bible says the cattle... The gold, the all the things we ever think about belongs to him. Hallelujah. So Jesus did not they Jesus did not ask us to pay tithe, but the evidence is there. And some of the misconceptions also that, that we should we, uh, uh, we should tithe only when things are okay. Tithe only when things are okay. So when you are not hungry, then tithe. That's what some, some say. When you are not hungry, then tithe. It's, but it's amazing. The scripture we just read. He says, you should first of all bring the tithe into the storehouse. It's, he didn't say, I'll bless you. You have enough. Then you bring a tenth of what I've given you into the storehouse. So it presupposes that wherever you are, wherever you are, and whatever you have, try out of your sufficiency, bring something, bring my tithe. It's not only when probably you have a lot that you should bring the tithe. So, but when you do that, then I will ensure that I play my part and I will bless you. But a lot of us are waiting that we should be blessed before we will bring our tithe. We should have enough. The six digits should come. Then we can pay our tithe. Hallelujah. Some also say that give something to represent something. Just give something to represent something. And so they behave like they are dealing with GRE or the tax law. That they'll go and get experts in the, ta in, in the tax. Get a chartered accountant to come and tell us, look into the law, and tell us which of the, the taxes we can avoid. Yeah, I, I'm a Christian. I don't want to evade the tax. So the right thing to do is to avoid. So the, the tax master should come and tell us what in our company, in our business, in all the things we do, the taxes we can avoid. And we think tithing to God is also like that. That among all the things God has given unto you, you there, there are some that you should avoid paying tithe on. And there are some that you should pay tithe on. And so you pay tithe only on the salary that comes. But that breakthrough that God has given to you, you feel it's not a salary. You don't want to pay tithe on it. You want to avoid paying tithe on that one. God is not a GRA boss, a commissioner. 
is bigger than that. Hallelujah. So that mentality, we do it in the corporate sector, we want to bring it to church. But tight is everything that comes to your hands, every income. So if you go out, somebody blesses you, you pay tight out of it. So someone gives you 10, 10 CD. Be faithful and pay tight on 10 CD. So you cannot say, as for me, I'm not working. As for me, I'm not working. As for me, I'm not working. And you will not pay tight. You're just giving excuses. Hallelujah. So you don't give something to represent something. It's not like that. And so God is admonishing us this morning that everything, because he knows what he has given to you, he knows what he has given to me. He knows what he has given to someone else. He knows. Because he brought it to you in the way he knows. And so you cannot deceive him. God cannot be mocked. You cannot circumvent the process. There is nothing you can do. Like David asked, where can I hide away from you? Is there anywhere I can hide? There's, there's nowhere. Hallelujah. So to question the validity and the payment of tithe is an attempt to suggest that you are the creator of the things you possess. But you are not. And we should also understand that tithing transcends just doling out of money. It is a worship. And as a worship, it demands obedience. It demands faithfulness, it demands commitment, and it demands consciousness of who God is in our lives. So key. So we said that when you obediently give our 10%, when we obediently give our 10%, God is so much faithful to protect our 90%. Hallelujah. Oh, can you tell it to somebody? When you give your 10%, tell somebody, when you give your 10%, Oh, God will protect what? God will protect your 90%. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, and that is exactly what the Lord was seeking to tell the Israelites, the Jews, through Malachi. So he entered into some engagement with them. And said, ah, you guys, ever since you came out from exile, I was expecting so much from you. But when you are, can realize that you are still far away from me, you have sinned. You are not ready to do the things I've asked you to do. You run away from me. I have given you entrusted things into your hands. I wanted you to be stewards of certain things. By you becoming stewards of the things, you thought that the things were yours and you want to run away with them. Yesterday, Dr. Uh, Reverend Dr. Botte gave an example when he was preaching in the, the funeral service. And he said that a, a friend of his, of hers, has a property here and she was working uh, somewhere. And when she decided to come back home, and, and, and she told the caretaker that, okay, I'll be coming home, and uh, I, I want you to vacate the place. And so when the lady decided to vacate the place, uh, she decided to pack everything in that house that belongs to the owner of the house away. And she brought a truck into the house, and then was packing all the things into what? The truck. Something that will not belong to you. Typical case, that's how we behave. Christians. I place you in that business for a reason. I place you in that job for a reason. I gave you this money. I wanted you to be a distributor of my wealth. That is why I brought that money to you. But be, becoming a distributor, you thought it's not enough. You want to run away with what? God's property. So he told them, you are running away. All the things I gave you and I wanted just 10%, you don't want to give to me. You are running away with what I've entrusted into your hands. Instead of being stewards, you have decided to be robbers. And, and, and as, we, as we do read and, and meditate and reflect on this, we should be weighing ourselves. We should be weighing ourselves because even in Calvary, the statistics 
it's not showing correct. It doesn't seem okay. Even though the shashi, shashi was stopping the, the, the leg anyway. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand. Shashi is stopping with what? 18%. 18%. So, but the, the 61 people from January have paid their tithe. And that's amounted to about 18. But those who have not paid their tithe from January to now is 35%. And that's about the highest anyway. Okay. 35%. So for them, they are saying that from January to now, God has not entrusted anything to them. Not even 10 cities has God given to them. That's what they are saying. Not even 10 cities. This God is so wicked that from January to today, he has not given me a penny, a peswa. That's what we're saying. 35%. And that's what they were behaving. They, they, they were running away with God's property. So God said, return to me. You don't have to do that. That is not the covenant we've entered into. That is not how I wanted us to relate. That is not how I wanted us to fellowship. So return and bring back the tithe. You are just a custodian of all the things you have. So just come back. There is more to it. I have more to even give you than what you have. So why are you running away? Return to me. Return with your tithe and offering. Return to your, your marriage. Return back to your first love. Or somebody will be here and say, ah, oh, this one it doesn't concern me. I pay my tithe. I give my offering. But you need to return in your home. Because you are living in the same home with your spouse, but it's as if one person is in Nungwa and the other person is at Ofanko, but you are sleeping on the same bed. You need to return. You need to return. You can't continue to behave like that. Return and begin to serve in the house of the Lord. You used to tell the truth. Now it is all lies. Return. And make up. Again, one of the things that Dr. shared yesterday that really struck me, he said our, our uncle Albert, the day he died, when she was leaving to go out, he called the wife. He said, oh, I am going out. I'll come back. Then the wife asked him, what should I cook for you? He said, I'll eat fufu. He said, okay, by the time you come, your fufu will be ready. And he never ate the fufu. And what really struck me as doctor was sharing that was, what the, uh, the, the wife reflected on, what if I have fought with my husband before he went out? What if we were not in good terms before he went out? What if I had abused him verbally before he went out? What if, what if, then I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity again to make up? You need to return, husband, you need to return, wife, back to your first love. It's very important. So you have robbed me. Return. It's a call for repentance. It's okay. From January, you've not paid anything, but it's not too late. Go back and make amends and stop robbing God. He said, you have robbed me. And, and the sad part is that they've entered into argument with God. What are you saying? Do I have that I, I, I have not given to you? They are arguing with God and questioning God. What, in what have we robbed you? And God says, you robbed me in your tithe and offering.
And I believe some of us also rob God in various ways. You rob God of fellowship. You rob God of intimacy. Just as you rob your, your partner of intimacy. You rob God of all kinds of things. So he's actually calling us back that return. And when you return, he will bless you. And today, our reflection is on the blessings. When we bless. So he said, when we obediently give our 10%, he will protect our 90. That is where the blessings come. So I'm just suggesting to all of us to reflect on the fact that we can avoid the curse. So he said, you are under a curse because you have run away with what I've given unto you. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. So as long as you pay your tithe, the curses are not there. But as long as you fail to pay your tithe or give your tithe and fulfill your part of the bargain, you are on your own. So I say that the blessing of tithing is to obey, is the obey of God. It is the obey of God. And the obey, the O just means open heavens. The B means you have a blessed life. The E means you have an expansion. And you will have an advantage over your destroyer. And that is what the scripture is seeking to say. That you will have an obey, open heaven, a blessed life, an expansion in everything you do. And of course, you will have an advantage over your enemy. When you gather, they cannot scatter. Because the Lord will do what? The Lord will protect you. Hallelujah. Your prayers will be answered under open heaven. You will hear God when he speaks anytime concerning any issue. Open heaven will deepen your intimacy with God. And we will, we will always have an unrestricted access when it comes to you and God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is someone getting ready to pay the tithe? So when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, the verse number 12, it says the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send you rain on your land in season, and to bless all your work, the work of your hands. And you will lend to many nations, but you will never borrow from none. Hallelujah. This is someone who obediently pays his tithe. This is what God will do for the person under open heaven. Hallelujah. The number two, he says that the number two blessings is that your life will be blessed on every side. You will be very prosperous. You will have good family life. You will have job security, good health. You, you will make money. And you will have peace and you have life to even enjoy the money you make. Hallelujah. And so when you go to, again, to the scriptures from the verse uh, Leviticus chapter 26. Or Deuteronomy again. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 28 from verse number 1. If, if you fully obey the Lord your God, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and 
blessed in the country, the fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your head, and the lamp of your flock, your basket and your kneading trust will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Hallelujah. Oh, may someone be obedient to the Lord today so that these blessings will come upon the person. We are always quick to claim, I will be blessed in the city, I will be blessed in the city, and we always leave the verse 1 and 2. But for that blessing to come, you must fulfill the obedient part. Obey and act. And God, in his mercy, will definitely bless you. So you will have a blessed life. You will have an expansion. There will be an expansion. Your turnover will increase. You will not go bankrupt. You will be, you will be promoted when, when it comes to time. You will build houses. God will give you everything that will make you comfortable in life. When you pay your tithe. When you give your tithe. That is a promise. And as long as God is not a man, that whatever he says and he will not do, then what, when he says, I'll bless you when you give your tithe, he will bless you. The expansion you need to receive will surely come. Hallelujah. And then what did he say again? When you do that, you will have advantage over your enemy. There will not be premature death. God will grant you constant promotion. And so when you go to uh, Deuteronomy again, 28, verse number 7, he said the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. You don't have what it takes to fight your enemies. We can do all things through him who gives us strength. So the Lord is able to come through for us, defend us, fight our battles for us, and say that my daughter cannot be touched like he did for Job. Hallelujah. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. This is what God wants to do to someone in Calvary. Hallelujah. May he do that for you in the mighty name of Jesus. And Isaiah says, no weapon forged or formed against you who pay your tithe, who obey and practice the spiritual disciplines of our faith will prosper. For God will be your, your deliverer when they come against you. Hallelujah. So we are only saying that and, and probably seeking to ask ourselves this question, that this blessing, the obey blessings, how many of us are qualified for it? <laughs> How many of us are qualified? Of course, these blessings are also in the Old Testament, but we claim it, like SP saying. <laughs> we claim it in the New Testament times. <laughs> we don't say the blessings are in the Old Testament, but we claim the blessings. But when it comes to the obligation, we say the obligation is in the Old Testament. May the Lord have mercy on us. And I, I don't know whether the 35% are qualified for these blessings or not. It's sad. You are on your own. You will work and go to the hospital countless times because the Lord will not rebuke the devourer on your behalf. He will not prevent those who come to eat your vines. You will always have premature death. But may that never be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. So we are asking ourselves this morning, are you in good standing? Am I in good standing? That's the question we should be asking ourselves. Good standing with the Lord. Are you in good standing with the Lord? It's a, it's a, it's a huge question. So when you give God what is his, he will protect what is yours. We are just emphasizing it. And when we obey God with our giving, he will obey us with his blessings. May he bless us and grant us the willingness 
that we should come to that point where we'll be dead to the temptation to eat and chop our tithe. We are dead to sexual sins, but we are not dead to the temptation of looking, taking 10% of that money and go and give to God. But you shout and say, I'm righteous. I am dead to sin. I don't fornicate. I don't commit adultery. But are you dead to the temptation of consuming what belongs to the Lord? It's something we need to ask ourselves. But may the Lord himself grant us grace and strength and bless us. Give us this obeys and then open doors for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Our Father, we are so thankful to you for your word. And what we ask for is the strength and the willingness to obey you. May you grant us that grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.